friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Thursday, February the 17th. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's grace and God's goodness today. Thank you for being present and uh, breaking open God's word with me today. We have uh, that gospel that I mentioned, gosh, I think I mentioned it late last week when I said, hey, we're going to be entering into chapter 8. And chapter 8 is a key chapter for Mark. In fact, one of, if not the key, because it is the hinge on which his gospel, uh, on which it it bends. If a hinge bends, I guess, if that's the the correct terminology there. Um, Because up to this point, we've seen Jesus actively fighting against uh, Satan and uh, and the the kingdom. I'm I'm putting that in quotation marks. The kingdom of the world versus what the kingdom of of heaven, the kingdom of God, looks like. That that whole idea. Remember, he came in right away. Chapter one: Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, this is what it looks like. So the hinge of Mark's gospel is going to be in this verse today because all of a sudden. All of this stuff that Jesus has been doing is what the kingdom of God looks like. Now he's going to say, okay, that's it. But, but, you need to see more, don't you? And now is where he's going to turn and take us to a different place. So if you're following along, we are going to be at Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 33. A very famous um, story within uh, within. Scripture, certainly within the Gospels. And I'm going to read this one out of the message just because I think it's got a neat rendition of it, okay? Mark 8, 27 to 34, 33. Let's break open God's Word. See, even Dexter's excited to hear it. That's so good. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples headed out for the villages around Caesarea Philippi. As they walked, he asked, Who do the people say I am? Some say John the baptizer, they said. Others say Elijah. Still others say one of the prophets. He then asked, And you? What are you saying about me? Who am I? Peter gave the answer, You are the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus warned them to keep quiet not to breathe a word of it to anyone. He then began explaining things to them. It is necessary that the Son of Man proceed to an ordeal of suffering, be tried and found guilty by the elders, high priests, and religion scholars, be killed, and after three days rise up alive. He said this simply and clearly so they couldn't miss it. But Peter grabbed him in protest, turning and seeing his disciples wavering, wondering what to believe. Jesus confronted Peter. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the hinge upon which Mark's gospel turns here, brothers and sisters, 
is that of a, um, a series of healings and, and miraculous occurrences. Uh, you know, gosh, in the last, what, two or three days, we've had the healing of a blind man. We've had the feeding of the 5,000. These occurrences, too, one that says, you don't know how God works. How does God work? Ultimately, I'm going to have to show you what love looks like. And that's where we're going now. Now, it won't be exclusively that, just like it wasn't exclusively, you know, the, uh, the, the victory parade before. But um, that's where Jesus is now taking He's going to, to set his face like flint toward Jerusalem, toward that place. Now, um, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about just some of the, the things that happen along the way here. The first is this. Okay, so he's going in and around the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Uh, even the name, again, you know, denotes that Roman occupation, right? And so he's, he has a brave, brave question. A question that, that, honestly, I don't know that I'm brave enough to ask those friends of mine who are going to be honest uh, because I don't know that I want to know the answer to this question. And maybe you are, are willing to ask it, but it's a hard one to ask. And he says, what are other people saying about me? I like how this, his words are, who do people say that I am? You know, and, and, uh, and they say, oh, John the baptizer or Elijah or, or one of the prophets. You, one would think that'd be like, wow, that's high company. But then Jesus, of course, turns the question on them. And this is the one that, that I apologize. The who do you say that I am? Everybody knows that that's the, the way they ask it. But this is, I like this translation of this. He says, in you. What are you saying about me? Who am I? And that's when Peter speaks up and says, you are the Christ, the Messiah. Brothers and sisters, here's what I know. And and I'm, I'm not a child psychologist, but I know this. I know that particularly the mother, although I think the father is the first other, but the mother is, is, in a sense, for a child, an extension of their, their very being. And the, the, the interaction between a mother and a child, um, when the mother holds the child and beams and smiles, that child gets a sense of who they are through that mothering figure. That mother looks down upon me in that good way, therefore... I must be good. And the importance of mothers, and I, and I don't want to downgrade fathers. I'm a father and I love being one. And again, I do think that father is the first other figure in, uh, in the lives of children. And, and that's a, a, a big bridge for them too. So, okay, this person who is an extension of my being, I'm safe here, but is that, is that next outer you know, ring, is that safe too? And when the mother and the father can, can image that, that love back to the child, the child begins to believe they are lovable. Um, But my point here is, when, 
I mean, I don't think that is just with children. And once we've gotten that from mother and father, we skate through the rest of life. We constantly are people who are looking at other people to incorporate or understand who we are, whether it's in a situation, whether it's in a, a, a whatever community we're in. Who am I? And often we will take that based on the mirroring of other people. Um, I don't know if that's insecurity. I don't know if that's just us searching for that full answer of who we are. Because again, as I, I mentioned in yesterday's pod, you know, that's a, a, a question that sometimes even we uh, look at ourselves in, in, with those eyes that only half see the truth, that look like walking trees was the example that I used, right? Um, and, uh, and that idea where Jesus looks at them and says, okay, what are you saying about me? Who am I? I'm willing to have you reflect to me who you think I am. And Jesus, I suspect, could only ask the question because he was so secure with who he was. He knew who he was, and he wasn't going to be battered about by the winds of their answer. Their answer will simply give an insight to what the people are saying, but it doesn't sway his understanding of who he is and what his mission is. But Peter does get it right. Peter does say, you are the, the, the Christ, the Messiah, right? You are the Christ, the Messiah. And then Jesus right away says, don't breathe a word of that to anyone. Why would he do that? Now again, this is, this is Joe. You can throw this out if, you, if, you, if this doesn't mesh with your understanding or where the Spirit's taking you. My best guess for this is that because the people, clearly even the disciples here, right? Because they're wondering, they're wavering to use this translation to, to understand what it means. And Peter is the first one that says that when he says, listen, he wants to make it as clear as he can. That's again, another reason I like this translation. He said this simply and clearly so they couldn't miss it. Hey, the Son of Man will proceed to an ordeal. It is necessary that he proceed to an ordeal of suffering. Be tried and found guilty by the elders, high priests, religion scholars. Be killed and after three days rise up alive. But that's not their understanding of Messiah. That's not their understanding of Christ. And, and I don't know if you know the song Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. If you don't, oh my friends, such a wonderful and beautiful song haunting song, by the way, but a hopeful one when you get to the last verse. But one of the verses, you know, because it talks about love and and how difficult love can be. And uh, one of the verses says, love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. You know, the disciples, and even we to an extent, want to look at love Certainly love in God, right? As as we look to Jesus, that that love is going to be a victory march. It has been to this point. Yeah, he's had confrontations with the Pharisees, but he's generally, you know, outwitted them. And, And he's still been doing all these wonderful things, right? All these healings, casting out demoniacs, stronger than the, the man enchained up at the tombs, you know, and, uh, and healing all those who were brought forward to him and, and brought down uh, through his roof and all these things, you know? 
it's been a victory march, but now he's saying, but that's not what love looks like. Love looks like dying so that another may live. If all I'm going to do for you is this victory march, you're going to forget because that's what we do. We forget. But when I prove to you and show you what love looks like and show you that love is even stronger than that death and suffering that, that, that we're all, by the way, invited into, he says, I think that's going to be a larger symbol. That's going to be, that's going to be what we remember. But they, they can't get it because Christ and Messiah is something completely different. That's victory. And the last thing I'll say here is Jesus says, um, this is how it's going to be. And, and Peter says, you know, here in this translation, Peter grabs him in protest. And uh, Jesus says, listen, Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. That God is that humble vulnerability. That God is that willingness to condescend. Again, I used that word a lot yesterday and certainly used it this week a lot. God is willing to die. As Jesus says, you know, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it produces a rich harvest. Jesus understands the reality that, uh, that of what love looks like, of what love is. And now he's going to present that with his very being. And he says, Peter, you know, in, in the classic translation, it's get behind me, Peter. You know, or in this one, he's saying, listen, you're in front of me and you're a stumbling block. Get out of my way. Again, my friends, we are followers of Jesus, which means we do not stand in front and we do not present a blockade as Peter was trying to do, with trying to steer Jesus in a different way that he understood Christ and Messiah to be. But instead, Jesus says, follow behind me, because that's where we learn. That's where we understand. That's where we get a more full understanding of who God is, that God who can and will surprise us that we've been talking about this week. Because we do not understand the ways of God, even yet today. My friends, if we are followers of Jesus, and we are, of course, right? Then this awaits us as well. That this is our journey too. And, uh, and it is one that we need to prepare ourselves for as well in how we journey along with Christ on this road that not only is a victory march, but is a cold and broken. Hallelujah. Want to just read the first few verses of James. Again, I'm going to do this because this, this letter to James is just so good. These little proverbs that he gives and these little, you know, just uh, wonderful <laughs> bits of wisdom. And so here he does it today. So this is James 2. So I'll just read the first few verses and it says this. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, 
and a poor person with shabby clothes also comes in, and you will pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here, please, while you say to the poor one, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that true, too? It doesn't have to be just wealth. It can be how a person looks, how a person acts. All these ways we make distinctions, and our God says there is no distinction. Paul says there is no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, woman or man. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And James says don't get caught up in the trap. Don't get caught up in it. That's so good. Just a little reminder. Just a little bit of wisdom to end our pod on tonight. Let's pray, my friends. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a blessed Thursday. Be well. 
and I look forward to us breaking open God's word one more time this week. God's peace.